If I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan. Well, today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. Both, both of hearts, like, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pace. I'm sure all the faithful listeners of the Hurling Podcast won't be too surprised in the behemoth of a performance from Jack Cullen at the weekend, as back in episode 6, Andrew Shore had this to say about him. He's an all Oh, no, sorry. That was Owen Conroy being upset at Jack for beating him in a jab-lifting competition. This is what Andrew had to say. I've a lot of time for Jack Cullen. I think he's a phenomenal athlete and he's going to be a serious harder for Wexford whenever he does get in there. He has size, he's speed, his heart and skills. He's just like on Northern Pennant. Like he's 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 going to be very very good, and it's only a matter of time. Like, hello and welcome to our special hurling podcast preview show, where we have a look and a chat about the upcoming courtyard intermediate and Pettit senior hurling finals. And who better to chat to about it than Tom Dempsey, a man with eight senior titles to his name. You're in the same room that you made that video, Tom, are you? <laughs> Don't mention the war, uh, Ben. I, I, would you believe, Ben, um, we made it and we sent it, it was on a WhatsApp, and we sent it to Sinead's mother. It was kind of an in-house thing, but somebody leaked it to somebody in Buffers Alley and they put it up on the Buffers Alley uh, Facebook. And I was going for a walk, uh, I don't know what evening, so Johnny Dempsey is a great friend of mine. Johnny says, you, you do know that you're after going viral. And I says, for what? Jeez, I picked up because you know yourself, you'd be afraid you'd be after putting something. But it was after hitting something like 50,000 views at that stage, so I got a fair fright now. <laughs> but anyway, and Sinead, no, I don't know if you know Sinead, she'd be very quiet. Like she, she, I, she just came in and she looked at me and she said, I'm not, you know, I like a quiet life. What are you after doing? She said, So now nah, we're, we're well over now at this stage, you know, time for another one to come out now. <laughs> Will you be? Bring in the boots at the weekend so you can get in to watch the match? Jesus, I have to be honest with you, Ben, it's going to get harder and harder now to get into the games by the sound of things, you know. I know I'm doing the, I hope I'm doing the live stream on, you know, Wexford live stream on the intermediate final, so I haven't got any word from Mr. Spratt or Mr. Uh, Mr. Anna Martin about the live streaming of, of the county final, so... You know, it's, it's, it really is. It's a, it's, a, it's a very, very tough situation now over here at the moment. I mean, I know everyone realises it, but it is a, it's a tough one at the moment. It's very disappointing to, yeah, considering how well things, well, how well we thought the GA was progressing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I don't know, to be honest with you. It, it's, it's hard to know, you know, it, the GA, it kind of kept a lot of people kind of going during the summer and uh, you know, there's a lot of good coming out of it. I'd, I'd hate to see everything closed down now completely, but I, I know there is the meeting. And then you have to take into account that there has been a big spike over here in the last while. So, you know, you have to take the safety into account as well, kind of such. And I know that there is a meeting with the GA and NEFIS and the government. At some point, the GA have called for an emergency meeting just to see what to clarify the situation. And it's, I'd say we'll know a bit more tomorrow, but, uh, you know, it doesn't look good at the moment. So, it's just the, the, the timing of it. From I suppose just from a Wexford point of view, with the county finals this weekend, it's, it must be very hard for a lot of people 
It's such a surreal kind of a, a situation, Gary. You know, in, in fairness to, I think Buffers Alley, they don't really mind too much kind of about this because you know you're you're into a county final. I'm not saying they don't mind too much about it. They're obviously worried about it, but they're into a county final, and really the primary thing for them and for Cross the Big Ballymore is going to be get out of intermediate, get into senior for next year. And nothing will take away from that county final feeling of, of winning a county final, you know, when, if it comes right for either team. But certainly, you know, you, it does take a bit away when, there's, when people are not, when your parents are not able to go to the match and you're, you're you know. But the only thing I, I have noticed in the last while is um, this live streaming and the stuff that you're doing, the podcast that you're doing yourselves and that, they really are taking off at the moment. And there has been the GA, local GA and club GA has got a lot of publicity over the last while. So there has been some good that's come out of it, but there's nothing like being at a match, having a good argument with the fella beside you, shouting at the fella that's not putting the ball over the bar. And, uh, you know, you just don't be being there really. He shouts uh, to hit it long. Hit it long. <laughs> I, tell you, I tell you, Ben, it's, it's, uh, it's quite amazing, Red, the way the whole thing has changed. And I've been at all the games that Limbarntown played this year, but... You actually, you know, I remember when I was young and even a little bit before that, the kind of thing was if the ball is in your own square, get it as far away from your own square as possible. That's the safest place to have it. It's quite amazing. And I've watched some of the senior clubs in particular. Glyn Barrentown had a bit of a bad day last week, but the likes of um, Michelle Maliers, Gory, they just play the ball with such precision. And, you know, the skill levels are really gone through the roof now. You know, I mean, the, when you hit a ball full speed to a fella 30 yards away from me. He's expected to, to get first touch, supposed to stick straight away. I mean, that wasn't the case. I know they, they'd say the equipment is a little bit better, but certainly the, the game has come on in leaps and bounds really over the last while. I mean, we're after losing some things, all right, like the overhead striking, the, the clash of the ash, the breaking of the few hurls, things like that. Ground hurling seems to be just a thing of the past now at the moment, but uh, certainly skill levels are gone through the roof really at the moment. Actually, when you say that we're after losing the clash of the ash, there was... I think there was two instances in the Owlert Gory game where the ball is thrown in and lads pull and it's a free against them. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to say, Ben, it's, it, it's hit every social media platform in the last uh, two days that a lot of people are kind of getting annoyed about this because I think in fairness, if the ball is thrown in and uh, Gerard McGrath's a good referee, but he, he throws the ball in very, very quickly. He threw one in a couple of years ago for Buffers Alley against Ferns your own club there, Ben, and the ball went so quick to Ian Byrne that nobody had a chance to react and he put it into the net. So the ball is travelling very, very fast. If you put your leg out and try to get over the ball, to be quite honest with you, I don't see that it's a foul if somebody pulls in your leg. The ball is thrown in, you're supposed to win it. If you if a fella pulls and he hits your leg, I, you know, now within reason, I don't think it should be blown, to be honest with you, you know, but it's the world is Yeah, it really is, you know, and like it seems to be now, to be honest with you, it depends on how brave you are, but if you put your leg over the ball, and you take the blow, you'll, you'll, I'd, I'd probably do it in the last minute or the last second of a county final if I was to win it, but uh, I'd be a little bit careful doing it earlier on, you know, I have to say, you know. Do you expect a return to senior for, for the alley this weekend? I, 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 the best game that I've seen uh, Ben and Gary for a long, long time, I thought it was the best game I'd seen for a long, long time, was Buntlody, and I watched it uh, on live stream. Buntlody and Cross the Big Balmore. Absolutely outstanding. Nobody deserved to lose the game, you know, and I felt so sorry for Buntlody, went to extra time and whatever. And just some of the cross the like you think about cross the this year, they won the quarterfinal against Dial Gate, who were many people's favourites 
to go ahead and win the championship this year. They won it comfortably. And then they went out in the hardest of hard battles against one of the favourites, then Bunclody. They won that. And they have really impressed me no end. I mean, the whole way down to Paddy Devericks and Paddy Foley, just fantastic. I don't have to tell anybody about Paddy Foley, but Paddy Devericks is playing some stuff in the half back line for Cross the Bank at the moment. Seamus Carroll covering every element of the field. And Oshin Foley, I, I, I just think he is a real star turn. He got five points from play the other night uh, or the other day in Wexford Park. Absolutely causing panic every time the ball landed. And then Niall Murphy, Johnny's young man in. The inside line scoring 1-5. I mean, he's a very, very skillful hurler. So, across the bag, you have a lot of pluses. Uh, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Young Jack Fortune came on, did very well as well. But the one thing about across the bag, their results in finals hasn't been as good as they'd like to have it. But in saying that, I mean, they, they won an under-21 against Limbarrington there, about, I'd say, about five years ago now at this stage. And they haven't fully delivered on the promise. But it just looks awfully like, you know, they're... They, they, their name could be on the cup, but uh, being a good Buffers Alley man, I know that your your dad would have come across them over the years, and that Ben Buffers Alley won't be an easy easy target in the final. I mean, they're, they've they've plenty of experience in finals. Some of these lads that will be playing uh, next week played in senior finals. Kieran Kenny, Pat Kenny, guys like that. The likes of Andrew Kenny is a fantastic hurler, and they've they've got a few new hurlers as well. They've added a few players to their team, and uh, I think they're just coming at the right time. So I suppose. People will think, and I see Ballymore and our favourites, but uh, this is my heart totally, and it's not without some foundation on what Rovers <laughs> Alley have, but it's my heart totally saying that, that I think I just think the Alley might just get over the line here. And when you mentioned Andrew Kelly yeah. there, do you know, is he is he fully fit? Yeah, he, for the Ask More game, which Gary decided to just clear out of the country for now, he, I don't know, you, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're afraid to, to turn up to that one, Gary, but for the Ask More game, he was very, he wasn't fit, but yes was instrumental in young uh, Limo Walsh coming in behind him. Two high balls into the square. Andrew fought from Limo came in and brilliantly finished him into the net. So he got a point or two and he got four points from play. And this is a guy that's working off a hamstring. So we take a three-quarters fit Andrew Kennedy for the final. And uh, I, I'm not totally sure he'll be going to be totally fit, but I, I guarantee he'll have some kind of a, a, an impact on this game. And he's very vital to Buffers Alley's aspirations. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's something that, especially against us in the quarterfinal, the while Andrew, now you could have just left him off altogether if he was hurt, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, he couldn't, Gary. <laughs> but young Liam, Liam Walsh, he really, he's benefiting, like, balls are going in, and if Andrew's not winning them, Dean was in there to nip it. He got two goals in that game. He did very well. Yeah, I, I was amused after because I read in some, or heard some, two, two kind of, Pushover goals that he got—they were absolute for me as a corner forward. They were absolutely brilliant goals because Liam read exactly where the ball was going to go, and just with the flick of the hurl, there were deft finishes. So he's really working well off Andrew at the moment. And to, to be honest with you, overall the alley, there, there's some great performances all through the field. Oliver O'Leary really seems to be um, hurling well in the goal. Kieran Kenny is Kieran Kenny. Kieran Kenny's a legend, you know. For me, he's one of the greatest hurlers ever to pull on a Buffers Alley jersey. You've Willie Dorn there, giving his all at this stage. But some of the performances, Bobby Kenny is absolutely flying uh, centre-forward, you know, doing very, very well every day out. And also, young Pat Kenny Jr. is playing great stuff at the moment. But they will all have to play to their exceptional levels. Ross Donahue, they'll all have to be up for it. You know, Oshin Foley, I don't know who Buffers Alley will employ to pick him up. Shelley is doing well for us, uh, Kevin Roach. 
Will he pick up Niall Murphy? I don't know. But these guys are going to have to be really under game because Cross the Big are coming in with all guns blazing and they have an immense amount of talent. But really, I, I just, I'm very, very wary of kind of predicting results now at the moment. I hope the Alley win it. I think they can win it. Just games have gone in so many different directions. Who would have said Ellard would have gone so close to getting to a county final the other night? Well, I'd have to definitely agree with you on the Bull Cloudy Cross the Big game. I, it was just, I mean, the, the two of those teams are, were senior standard on that performance. They were absolutely fantastic. Colin Farrell at fullback. Yeah. I, I, I remember when he moved, got moved fullback first and from marking him enough times, I was delighted to see it because of the energy yeah. he brings to the midfield or centre-back or centre-forward. When he's out around there, I was like, I thought Punktoddy well, were mad putting him back there. Yeah. But then yeah. you see that performance from him. I mean, he was just another level. Uh, then you had Sean Kenny and Oshin Foley that battle was so interesting. When, when Claudia were on top, Sean Kenny was on top, but then Oshin Foley just lit up the park. Yeah. And as you said, got the five points. It, it, was, it was an exceptional game. An exceptional game. Yeah. Your heart would go out to Bun Claudia. I mean, they'd be good rivals of ours now, but I, st- I even felt bad for him. Yeah, I, I, was, I was watching it and I was saying, I, gotta, I hope it goes to extra time. It went to extra time. And then I was thinking to myself about penalties. Jesus it would be an awful way for either of the teams to lose. You know, I'm not really a fan of penalties. I think I'd come back the next week and whatever. But, uh, you know, there was no easy way for that game to be won or lost. And it must have no. been devastating. Ed and Nolan played great. But Colin Farrell, I, I just, last weekend, I just watched, I, I was fortunate to see one on live stream and see the, I was at the other one. But two of the best performances from club hurlers that I've seen this year was Colin Farrell on Saturday afternoon and then on Sunday evening. And we go into it now in a minute, but Jack Cullen for Gory, it was yeah. the mother and father of exhibitions. I mean, he he seemed to have I don't know wheels on him. He was, and then he had springs on him. And then when he was shooting, he had, he was like a radar, like you know, he he was just outstanding. But Colin Farrell was outstanding, and you know, Oshin, I think he's an underrated hurler as well, like very bad. Niall Murphy won five, and then you know you're expecting to get what you're going to get from Paddy Foley because he's a leader. But the one thing I would, and Gary, you've come across Colin Farrell, but I just noticed in the. Uh, the huddles, say, at the water breaks, and that he seems to be a real leader. He was kind of talking to the lads. He was telling them what to do. And I'd say if you put a bunch of Claudie jersey on that man and put him standing on the stand, he'd do everything he could for for Bud Claudie, you know, he was, he's just a born leader and, and it's, it's probably yeah. sad one of the sad things that he didn't get another game out of this year, really. Yeah, and then if you're talking about people who are performing well, Pat Kenny, the whole championship... Yeah. I think someone mentioned in the commentary that if there was an intermediate player in the championship, you'd be giving it to Pat Kenny already. I mean, I think he scored one, two or three against us from midfield. He has, he's just up and down the field nonstop. He could get fouled. He, he just straight back up and back into position. He, there's, not, there's nothing, no back chatter, no argy-bargy with him. He's just always on the job. Absolutely, and, and I think there's there's a couple of things about young Pat. I mean, Pat scored three goals a couple of years ago against Carlo in National Hurling League for Wexford. He was a brilliant corner forward, but he is really good in the air, and a lot of people mightn't even realise that, but he's a great hand on him, and he, he's energy to burn, but he's a very skillful hurler. Pat is a kind of a lad that could pick up a ball 80 yards from goal and, and put it straight between the posts, and as you say, I think definitely if you're looking for a hurler of the year this year, at the moment, now I hope I don't put the hex on, on young junior <laughs> at the moment, because but he was outstanding against Askamore, and uh, all through the year, he's been just up and down, and I tell you where he's really been very, very good, Gary, when things are not going that well for the alley, even during the Askmore game, 
that fell out of the game a little bit. But Junior was kind of, you know, he was he was always hurling at that level and keeping him in it. And, you know, as you said, one stage he was putting the ball into the Askamore net up in the full forward line with a flick into the net. And I could see him collecting the ball maybe in his own full back line the next size. He's hurling very, very well. And it'll be an intriguing battle. Um, I was just looking at Seamus Carroll there. And he was a fella that impressed me as well over the weekend. He's 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 a small fella in stature, but he was up and down the field and, and on a lot of ball the weekend. And there's so many big battles like Bobby Kenny on Paddy Foley. You know, Bobby has been a great servant to the alley as well, but he's playing great stuff this year. And again, a fella that gives everything for the team and ends up with a couple of scores. That's going to be a big one. His move to the forwards is working very well. He's getting a couple of scores every day. I mean, yeah, he had a fairly tough task on Matt Hanlon there the last day, and like Matt hurled a lot of ball, but Bobby got three or four points as well, which right. you take any day for a centre forward. That's right, he's moving the whole time, you know, and uh, again, he's a fella that'll play for the team. He, he does an awful lot of work that you wouldn't be seeing, and you know, I, I'm not kind of forecasting who's going to be playing on each other or whatever. I don't know, we, Ross Donahue picked up um, Shane Tompkins, and I, Shane is a player that I would rate so highly and had him as a minor I just think a brilliant player. But I thought Ross, for a period of the game, the move Shane in full forward then, but for a period of the game, did quite well there. Will he pick up Oshin, Oshin Foley? Or the way hurling games are gone now, anyone could end up on anybody. But uh, there are an awful lot of intriguing battles. And will Kieran Kenny, you know, will uh, Kevin Roach or Kieran Kenny, or who will pick up uh, Niall Murphy? Because 1-5 is a big, big uh, score for a player to be picking up. So it's going to be very, very interesting. And... Uh, you know, it, it, it really is a tough one to call. And they did meet last year in the, um, I think, in the league part, but the alley came out on top. But the alley were struggling for air towards the end of that game. So I'd say Cross the Bay will be very, very confident going into this. It's uh, Shelley Roach now. We'll be picking up Niall Murphy. He's been, he's been doing a very good job yeah. on anyone Shelley, he's been marking so far. Yeah, Shelley's a great player. And, and you know, he's, he, he was playing wing back at the start of the year, but they've reverted him back into the corner. He, you know, he really steadies the ship. He's very sure on the ball. And you know what? He's the kind of a fella as well, in line with all modern cornerbacks. Shelley could pop up the field and maybe pop on over the bar, kind of. You know, he's, he's really, again, a bundle of energy. And, you know, it's, 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 it's so interesting. And, and, you know, as I say, Balamorne, Buffers Alley and Balamorne would have a, a history over the years, even when I was hurling myself, of senior clashes for... There was no quarter asked or given. So I don't think there's any team going to be any more physically strong than the other. But uh, it'll probably be down to how the bigger players, how the, the leaders uh, operate on the day. And it will be very, very interesting. So you're going with your heart with the alley. Ben, what about you? I'm going to go against Tom because I, I used to work in Ballymarn for a bit. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, well, you see, Ben, for me, I, I'll go for the alley and I think they're doing well this year. But life is too short not to go for the alley. I'd, I was only out in Kimokrish there today, so I, I, I don't want to be. But, you know, it really is. This wouldn't surprise me here to see a, a draw after full time because I, I really think the teams are very, very, uh, very, very close. But um, I, I probably with a bit of hope and... and uh, as I say, I heard at Adam's level for about 25 years with them. I'm, I'm obviously not going to go too much against them when it comes down to it now, you know. So it'll be very, very interesting. But you know what? It wouldn't surprise me in the least. This cross a big team have been threatening and promising to come forward into senior over the last couple of years. And uh, obviously, wouldn't be surprised with the bookies because they are favourites. But uh, I just think, you know, they, there's something about the old alley in the county final that I think that, that they bring something a little bit extra to it and I think they, they, they might get over the line but uh, again living beside Cross the Big at the moment it wouldn't surprise me to see the opposite <laughs> we'll do that, I keep underestimating the alley so 
I'm not going to underestimate him this time and I'm going to go with him and think if they were able to beat Askamore they must be able to win that county final there's no doubt if you can get, if you can get out of that one alive Gary you, you, you're always in with a chance <laughs> we were talking earlier on how good Jack Cullen's performance against Owler was what do the shells do to to counteract this yeah well I suppose we, we've talked about Jack's performance and probably not yet talked to Ben about the uh, performance that uh, we saw from the Shelmaliers on, on Sunday I mean it, it, the Shelmaliers from 15 minutes onwards their, their performance was outstanding against Lynn Barrentown but just back to Jack Cullen I think there was a point in the game and he was you know he was he was hurling very well and he he's very very pacey he's added a bit, an element of kind of you know physicality to his game now at the moment but a ball literally got lost you know when it gets lost over the stand in Wexford Park and it lands and he just took off up for it caught it and he literally landed it back over the bar from about 90 yards. It was just one of those kind of outstanding performances. He'd be given out by the cameras because if it was done to the naked eye and we had no evidence of it, we'd be writing songs about it maybe in 50 years' time, a kind of a such. But it was just incredible. And he, he did. But the Gory, they're not about all about Jack Cullen. I mean, he's, he's a very important player. I think young Jack Cush has done very well in the goal. He's, he's made very few errors. Didn't, he's made no errors this year for Gory. His puckouts have been very, very good. And there was one particular point that he, he, he made a save and had to come out and catch the ball as well uh, amongst a, a, a flurry of hurls. And he caught it a bit like the father. He wasn't, there'd, there'd be no cushion, it'll shirk a challenge, I'll tell you that. But he's done very, very well. And, you know, Brendan Travers has been good all year for them. Uh, the Doyles, they're always, they always bring in... I tell you who was very impressive as well, Larry Hughes, when he was introduced. He right. got two very, very vital points. And I wonder, will he be, will he be pushing or will Gory use him as an impact? So, but he could be pushing for a starting uh, place next weekend. The word I hear is that the impact off the bench. First it's point he got was of really games good. Got two points. But equalising point. Yeah, it was, and it was shot, Ben, in a very... In a, in very smart. Kind of a, yeah, very smart. I suppose it wouldn't be the first super sub that uh, ever came out of Gory, uh, as we know, with uh, <laughs> young Billy Turner kind of as such. But uh, he's, um, if he has the kind of impact Billy used to have, but he he's, he's really looks good. Now, I will say that Owen Malloy is is a huge loss. I mean, Owen, I was at the Ferns game where Owen went off, and hopefully he'll recover soon, but he is a big loss to, to Gory. He's a real stand-up centre-back where you don't go down that channel very, very easily. And, and you know, when they last won the county final, Owen played very, very well for them. But, you know, they still have the, Tom Stafford has come in very nicely in the half-back line and, you know, and can revert to corner as well. And Tom has done very, very well since he's come in there. And uh, you know what? We haven't even spoken about Conor Mack or uh, Cahal Dunbar, you know. So, Gory, there's a lot about Gory. The one thing I'd say about him this year, they probably haven't played to the level that they'd like to have played. They've won all the games, but they've come through some very, very tough battles by a couple of points and haven't been at the wrong side of a couple of points. So that's going to give them a lot of confidence, I think. Good manager as well. You know, Louis Cullen is, is, is doing a great job. But Willie Cleary, you know, you won't get a better tactician in Wexford than Willie. He'll have well-laid plans for the Shelmaliers this weekend. They have beaten Shelmaliers earlier in the championship. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stuff in that, Ben, because in fairness to the Shells and Corey, I, if I remember properly, they knew roughly who they would be playing. You know, they were both qualified at that stage and, and the big game for Gory that time was against the Rapparees, really. They, they came with the last minute Conor McDonald goal. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the fact that the Shells were beaten by a point. I just think, Ginny, I was watching the Shells last weekend and 
right from the back from Brian Murphy when they really got going, Jody and Simon Donahue. They, they've an amazing defence in that they're running forward, they're running off the shoulder the whole time. Brian Malone, Owen Doyle, that they're you know that, that I think a number of their backs have scored quite a, a, a good few points this year, and they really can hit you from anywhere and. Added to that, Connor Hearn, Ross Banville has been playing with a bit of an injury this year and still when they needed him the first 15 minutes when Lynn were getting well on top seven points to two, Ross was, when I say popping over freeze, he was he was popping over freeze from 90 yards, keeping them in the game. And, uh, you know, up front, the likes of Sean Keane, Carl, very, very serious hurler. They've had, the shells bring a lot to the table as well, I have to say. And uh, I was very, very impressed with them. They, they look very fit. Martin Byrne, McPurcell, good men over them, Vinnie Parker, they, they seemed to, they were, they gave him a fair going over after the first water break when they were uh, seven points to two down and the boys, we could nearly, I was over in the open, so I could hear the boys shouting at them, they weren't accepting anything less than a, a good performance, but, you know, they're serious, like Glenn Malone, they're, they're serious athletes and uh, they brought a lot to the table. I think their shooting, their point scoring was quite amazing from 70, 80 yards to last weekend and same against the Harriers. So, yeah. you know, at, at the moment, the team that are hurling it better at the moment, in my book, would be the Shelmaneers. They're hurling the maximum of their abilities. Maybe there's a little bit more left in Gorey and that might be a bit unfair saying that because they're in a county final, they've come through very tight games. But uh, going into the game, I think there's a little bit more than Gorey and I think the Shells have shown how good they can be. So then you have to take your pick really at the end of it all. Before we went on here, myself and Gary were just talking about how Jack Cullen is probably going to be centre-back and they'll be expecting him to lord it again. But then the way Sean Keane Carroll played, going, dropping into midfield and kind of creating everything for the shells. Like, what, yeah. what do what do Gory do if he drops off? Do they just leave yeah. it and see how it goes? It's, it's, yeah, it's not easy to work out. Jack generally plays a kind of a, a freer role. You know, Jack is he's happy to trade a point or two with you. Last week, then, it seemed to be that Ross uh, Banville played as the centre forward at the start of the game. And then, you know, the, the first 15 minutes were coming. But then the Shells, they showed this capacity to move. Like, I would say that most of the Shells players played on two or three different backs in Glynn. So, Sean King, Carl went centre forward for a while. And then you see Joe Kelly coming out wing forward. They, they move around an awful lot, of kind of, you know. And, and uh, I think that's one of their trump cards that you, you, you can never get comfortable. So, if I have this fella kind of him down the next minute he's gone out to the wing and there's somebody else on me you know and I think that's the way they'll play that game and I think they'll be they'll be confident enough in their own ability to you know get scores from here there and everywhere but the one big thing that Sean King Carroll has and Gory will have to be very careful he, when he runs at you he's blinding pace and he's nothing in his mind other than the finish and uh, I, I think in fairness I, I think even the Shells would probably admit that everybody seemed to think that everybody was going to go in level terms at half time eight points all and in injury time, the ball came back off the upright and no better man than Joe Kelly to, to, to receive that invitation, you know, and the ball in that. But I think the second goal then, Lynn, probably were waiting for the half time and the second goal. So, you know, they went, they went into the second half with a six-point advantage and that can give confidence. It can take confidence out of the opposition's legs. But, you know, that, that may not happen again. And they will, the one thing I'd say to the Shells, they will have to get themselves in order from the very first throw-in. Because there's no point in letting teams go five, six, seven points up. That can be a, a mountain to climb. But it worked out for him last weekend. Do you think they will double up on Conor McDonald again? I think most teams do, don't they? Yeah. You know, I mean, one one uh, 
team, team seems to get into the physical battle. One player seems to, that's what Outer did the other night. Connor Goff seemed to get into the physical battle. Then somebody comes in to, to you know, pick up the ball around him. The one thing I, I and again, this is a gory play to a plan, but I often wondered if you just went with your three man full forward line with Connor full forward for periods of the game anyway, 15 or 20 minutes at a time. I just think that it might be a, a not a bad idea because. Connor seems to be contesting a lot of ball where there's one man on him and one man off, him, you know, right in front of him. Yeah. And that's not easy, no matter how good you are to counteract and to be getting scores. He still gets the scores, you know. I mean, he's he's just for me, he's one. He's the best wrist. He caught a ball and I, actually against Dowler, there was the lead up to what a lot of people I haven't seen it since felt maybe was a penalty last weekend. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and he caught yeah. the ball, Ben. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it the second time, and when you're looking from the stand. Like all good pundits, you'll make your toppings work then and hope you're right afterwards. But he caught the ball backhand. I don't know how he caught it, but he has an incredible hand. He's incredible wrists. But I just wonder, would you be better playing Cahill Dunbar? Now, Cahill, I thought he wasn't bad the last day, but there is a bit more in Cahill as well. But maybe play him a little bit more beside him because it would be a, a big... But I, I think the shells will... What the shells do, they defend the numbers and then they go forward in numbers. And uh, I think the shells will, will certainly play in that kind of vein really next weekend. You know, that'll be an interesting battle, but you just don't take your eyes off Conor McDonald. I mean, even two minutes, all he wants is the right ball and he, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll either set up a score. And he's done that all year, really, you know. So, but uh, it'll be very, very interesting because to beat Gorey, you have to keep Conor McDonald relatively quiet. You have to keep Cahill Dunbar relatively quiet. And the Doyles, you have to keep them from popping the ball over the bar as well, you know. Conor McDonald, he has, in the last two games, he has been, I would say, relatively quiet for most of the game. And then he's just come up, he's come up with the goods when, when they really needed it. Yeah, I think you're right, Ben. In fairness to Conor, we, we term Conor quiet when he gets three points from play or if he gets a goal in the point, you know. Like, you're talking about a level of player that's, way above the, the ordinary and uh, you know like no hesitation in saying that so you're looking at Connor and you're looking for exceptional things the whole time but he by his standards maybe it's pretty quite but if you looked at the Rapparees game he ended up winning the game for Corey that evening you know in fairness to him he's a good nerve like to be handed the ball with a penalty with the last stroke of the game wasn't an easy uh, option for him so he you know he buried the ball in the net he's quiet but he, he must be a nightmare to play on because all you're afraid of is that one ball comes in and he does something incredible. Like I, I keep looking back and I see clips of, do you remember that goal that Wexford got against Offaly in under 21 a few years ago? Yeah. Uh, where, I mean, who, who thinks about doing things like that? You know, he, the ball comes to him, most fellas will take it in their hand, but he just, he goes one way, flicks the other way. The next man called him bars the whole field open up in front of him. So he's one of these guys, he reminds me uh, in a much different way, but Kieran Ling of the Martins, and Kieran is going to the ball. I, I honestly think Kieran has three ideas in his head as to what he's going to do. And it leaves the fullback wondering what's going to happen next. But they're, they're just brilliant players. They bring an extra element to games, I think, that that is why we play, pay money to go in and watch them, really. Does Connor get a hard time by referees? I mean, there was the decision against Eulert, which we I've looked back on, Ben's looked back on. It was a blatant penalty. <laughs> the catch was outrageous. He did, he caught it kind of. He'd already decided he was going straight forward, so he caught it as he was moving forward and kind of got by Conor Goff, and I don't know who the second defender was, but they both just held on to him. Like, mm. And from the commentary, I think you guys said that the ref's arm was up to say there was advantage being played. 
So how he how he didn't give the penalty, I don't know. Yeah, but, I, I suppose in fairness, um, uh, Gary, you, you know, I, anybody that's going to hurl on Connor because he's so good in the air, same as Tony Dorn, there's going to be a certain amount of physicality in around there. And I think you're more inclined referees, and, and honest to God, I do have sympathy for referees. I know we all comment on what they should be doing, but I think you're more inclined if there's a split decision between the physicality of, of the forward and the back, it'll, it'll go 75% with the back, because giving yeah. it's a big decision to give the free in. I think that's the way the game's been played. Whether... Connor gets a little bit of hardship by you. I think that everyone is the same as, I suppose, if you were talking about DJ Carey, DJ Lawless, people will feel that in a different way, he was getting a good bit of hardship as well. Tony Dorn was in, you know, all these exceptional players are getting it. I think if you look down through every game, and, you know, this year we could look at 20 different things and say that maybe the decisions could have went one way or the other and whatever, uh, you know, we're going to look at different incidents. I think overall, the referees are, are doing a reasonably good job. As regards to Connor, I think it's the way he plays the game. And I suppose if I was big enough to play full back, I'd, I'd be giving a little tug out of him every so often as well. You know, it's, he's, he's not an easy man to handle, but I suppose it's open to opinion, really. To be honest with you, and you know, I'm a bit reserved in that. I don't want to put too much pressure on referees either. You know, I don't know who's refereeing Sunday. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy one. And the ball is landing in, there's five or six bodies around. It is a tough call, and, and uh, you know, you'd hope that he gets the, the, his fair desserts, as does whoever's on him, really. Yeah, I think it's Barry Redmond is reffing the Barry, senior yeah. on, on Sunday, and the, the James, one thing, Owens, James Owens doing the intermediate. Yeah. The one thing, Gary, and, and, I, and I don't want to be kind of going on about it, but I'm not happy with the hand-pass rule, and haven't been happy with it for the last two years, to be honest with you, and I think I said it to you before, but... I just, I see inter-county games where hand passes are just thrown. They are thrown and whatever. I see club games where hand passes are picked up where there seem to be a clear striking action. And I do think that in the close season this year, now in fairness to Gerard McGrath, he's consistent in it. But we, you know, it's not good enough that one is consistently one way and one is consistently the other way. We just need to come in with a very clear strategy that if the hand pass is not clear, we blow it or we're just going to let it go, let the game flow. I preferred to nearly let the game flow unless it was a complete throw, you know, but we're not consistent on it. And, you know, it it can be the win and losing of the game. Like, you know, that's that's the bottom line in my book. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's something that happens so fast, the hand pass, unless the referee is 100% sure that that ball was thrown, he needs to to let it go, like, because... I'm not so sure, Gary, and you, you would have heard Ben yourself, Gary, I think I don't know whether you throw a ball. Like I, I, you know, a hand pass is not a hard thing to execute. I know you're doing it quickly, but I think players are able to do it so quickly now that, that we're not seeing the striking action. Now, I think the rule is that you have to have a, the ref has to see a clear striking action, which is a kind of a little bit. The referees' jobs are hard enough to be looking at details like a clear striking action. Like the the, the better people get at hand passing, the less clear the striking action is, even That's if there right. is. A clear, a clear strike yeah. in action. So I, I, it's, it's a I, tough one. I, the other thing, Ben and Gary, while I'm on it, I, I'm not so sure I keep with the with the water breaks either. You know, I, I, I know that the players are not camels, but to be honest with you, you know, I think players can go through in some system uh, half an hour. I mean, people people can go into the desert for three days and not drink water, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be getting water to hydrate, but. Just it does break momentum as well. I, I I don't think it's a natural thing in the game. And I, it's I think it's been mad. The the difference between water breaks has been so huge in some of the games. Like even that the Glyn Shells game, mm-hmm. Glyn lorded that first fifteen minutes 
and the water break came and then 45 minutes for the rest of it, shells just took them apart. Uh, I know it was kind of accentuated by the two goals before half time, but even before that, they got it back level from being 7-1 down or 8-2 down. It's obvious in a lot of games that 15 minutes, it's usually in the second half, the last 15 minutes after that water break, one team will just take the initiative and take the game. Yeah, and the Fern Ferns Gory game as well, uh, Ian Byrne yeah. had a great chance just before the water break, you know, and Ferns were on a bit of a roll. If they had got that goal, they went three points up. But they came out, they came out a different team in the last quarter after the water break. But look, it's something the teams have to get their head around. And in the main, the best team will win. But I just, I, I don't know, I think it disrupts the game. I imagine once the restrictions are gone and people are allowed to bring on water to people, it won't be kept on. But I, yeah. I, I don't think it's essential that you get water 50, every 15 minutes, but, you know, maybe they're just being safe with that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 it will be, it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting. But, but do you know what, Dolad? See, the standard of hurling this year, and again, one thing that I think is very important is the standard of hurling, because they've been doing nothing other than hurling, First, I think the split season is a no-brainer at this stage for club hurling and yeah. football, because the standard of hurling has been absolutely top class since the very first game that I watched between the Ams and Ratmuir and you know all through I don't think I've seen better games over the last 15-20 years in Wexford Hurling Championship you know you might have an odd one but the actual intensity skill level everything was good and I think it gives players like particularly the dual clubs like you you have this weekend Shells would be a typical dual club you had Limbarntown a dual club in the semi-final I, I think it gives them a better chance. It gives, like, you, I remember a couple of years ago, Limbaugh and Home were in a county semi-final, and the week before, John Lacey had his collarbone, um, I don't know if it was dislocated, in a football match. You know, and that's very hard to have probably one of your best players missing because of a completely different sport the week before a county semi-final. And it's just, I, I think this year has proven to me that we need to have split seasons. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. From my own experience, just going one week hurling, second week football, and it's annoying more than anything else. You might be gaining a little bit of momentum in one of them, and then your momentum could be taken away completely if you if you lose a football game. Like, I, I think Ron Nogara said a few years ago, uh, Gary, that he said doing what they're trying to do to GA players, uh, it would be like him playing a hurling match this Saturday and going into Twickenham to kick place place kicks. Uh, the, the week after, like, you know, it's not some, you, you don't practice that kind of level to, to you know, at a different sport. And yeah. I just think, I know the inter-county is different because at this stage, really, there are very few dual players at the top level, so it's not doable, but certainly with club, it has been a, a real success this year, you know, everything about the championship. Sadly, you know, we haven't had enough people probably watching the games, but I can't imagine the excitement uh, Sunday evening in Wexford Park if you had had 5,000 people at the game, it, it, because there was 200 people at the game. By God, the excitement, this, the noise levels were through the roof. So it's a, that's the only downside, but then that can't be helped really at all. At the same time, how fantastic is it to have all these matches available to watch on Wexford GA TV? It's, it's fantastic. And, you know, even myself, I was sitting at home on the couch watching Bon Clody and Cross of Egg, and I've watched a lot of the games on, on live stream. And, and uh, despite... There's an odd kind of complaint here and there about the quality of the streaming and maybe even the, the quality of the punditry at times. But, you know, I just think <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great facility, Gary. And, uh, you know, it does offer an extra element. I know there are certain people maybe are not too computer techy, a bit like myself. But, 
you know, it is a great option. And, and even this weekend, I, I, it is sad to have a county finals behind closed doors, can't be helped. But at least it gives the people the option of kind of having to be able to look at it and not have to kind of imagine what's going on in Mike's Park, really. After the quarterfinal against the Harriers, Martin Byrne talked about how the Shells had worked on a plan Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday for the Harriers match. And I assume they did the same for the semi-final against Glynn. What do you think that plan is for Gorey? I think the plan, Gary, would be more of the same. I think the Shells, they're very good in their long-range points, run at defences, and part of that plan will have to take into account how are we going to counteract Conor McDonald, just as Ben was saying there earlier. Are we going to leave a man in front of them? Are we going to uh, just leave a full-back deal with that? Or what are we going to do? But bear in mind, there's, there's one big thing, and this is why if I was over Gorey, I'd be playing Cahill Dunbar in the full forward line. I'd be playing nearly a three-man. Did Lynn or the... Jody Donahue and um, Simon Donahue, if they play cornerback, they're fair cornerbacks as well, kind of as such. If they're, you know, they, they, I know that Simon sometimes he could appear in the full forward line, he, he runs that much. But they're men that uh, it could be a, an element of play a man in front of him or just move our cornerbacks in tighter on Connor and have slice of Simon picking up the pieces, as the fella says. But if you have Cahill Dunbar, maybe on Simon, or maybe, you know, David O'Brien or whoever in standing in the car, it mightn't be as easy to pick up the pieces. But I think that's going to be, I think they're, I, I, you see, every team, every team has worked out plans. And I've seen, in fairness, Shane Carley, Jason Ryan, you know, they've worked plans for St. Martin's and whatever, and the plans seem to be working okay. But it's when the plan doesn't work, that's when you have to really be reactive on the sideline. And that, that's going to be a big thing for the Shells next week. If, if, the thing is not going as comfortably as normal. You know, we'll have to have strategies in place. But I think the strategy will be to bypass Jack Cullen, bypass the Gory half back line. And uh, I think that'll be long range scoring again, you know, the likes of Owen Doyle and them. And then, you know, bring our defence together, bring us, bring us very tight unit, Glenn Malone, all these guys in Brian Malone. You know, who's to say if you're having problems with Conor McDonald, Brian Malone probably one of the best man markers in hurling and football in the, in the county. You know, throw them in there, kind of such. So there are so many different strategies, and I'd say it'll be a, a number of different pronged approaches. I'd say from Martin device, you know. You'd have to say that both yeah. teams, both teams have been able to adjust in previous games. So the, the shells against Glynn, where it was going so poorly in the first fifteen minutes, and Gory against Ferns, I think they managed to adjust. So I think both those both teams are well able to do that. Yeah, I think Ferns, Ben, you, you probably saw that game, but Ferns remained very defensive, I thought, in that game, you know, and I can see why, but they played young Niall Murphy, wasn't it, um, as, sweeper, as yeah. a sweeper behind the full-back line, which is quite unusual. Now, he was on an awful lot of ball or whatever, but I think whatever way both teams play this weekend, there'll come a point that you just have to throw caution to the wind and let your hurling do the talking and break forward because you, you win games by scoring and that's the bottom line and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a reasonably high scoring game now. Hopefully. I would think so, yeah. Well, I, I don't think the Shells will uh, come out. I think you're right in that they'll be scoring from long distance. Mm. So, unless it's a really bad windy day, I think they'll keep going with that and it'll yeah. work. I, I, yeah, I don't, see, I don't see a big change and I don't see Willie Cleary changing too much either, you know. I mean, it's been, it's, Brought home a county title. They were, wouldn't be happy last year in the county final again this year. And, uh, you know, they did Gory, like you you look down through the Gory team and Padraig Doyle, Gary Malloy, these guys can, you know, they can cover ground, they can score from distance. Uh, Aidan Doyle, you know, 
the likes of we, we've spoken a lot about Jack Cullen, but Jack can put the ball over the bar from 70 or 80 yards. We could be back to Babs Keating's problem with the weight of the hurling balls that uh, <laughs> maybe we're scoring from too far out. But there's a lot of lot of uh, options for both teams. A kind of switch. The only thing I, I I've been trying to think all week. I, I tip Gory to win the game, you know. And I said to myself, I think Gory. Or, or sorry, I tip Gory to win the championship this year. And at the very start, even before we started, I said Gory. You know, they have a lot of good players. I thought that John Patsy Malina was coming in. He's coming, he set up a brilliant goal there the other night. So I think there have a few extra players coming in. But coming closer to the game now with the county final, I think I just my heart has to, not my head has to go, shouldn't say my heart, well, my head would have to go with the team that's playing better at the moment. And for me, I think the Shelmaliers have just found a vein of form that, that, that will carry more than the line at the weekend. I'd have to agree. I think, I think the way they play... They're already defensive, which means they can have a lot of lads back against, so they can double up on Conor McDonald, and it's not it's not going against their regular game plan. Yeah, and then they they're not going to be lumping balls up into the forwards to play into Jack Cullen's hands. Say mm-hmm. they're going to be playing the ball, running with the ball, playing smart, and they're well able to score from distance. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. I, I think Owen Doyle in particular, you know, he's uh, Glenn Malone will come forward beyond midfield and he'll go for his score or maybe take it. But Owen Doyle is probably one of the best men to pick out a player from 70, 80 yards that, that's probably in the county at the moment. You know, he's so composed on the ball and that. And I, Owen is he, he's a funny guy like that. He's able to almost get the ball and look up and kind of almost be in slow motion. He's not in slow motion, but look up and be very precise with where he's playing the ball. He just seems to have that time. So, that, it'll very much depend on the amount of time the Gory half forward line give the uh, shells and midfield, give the shells half back line. But I tell you, I'm looking forward to it because uh, if it's anything like what we've seen so far, I think. And you know what? We're, we're looking at two very, very good hurling teams. They both, now the shells of a, a few championships, maybe going back in the years or whatever. But in recent years, they've won championship each. Both of them will very much deserve it. It's great to see two opposite sides to a certain extent in the county as well. You know, the Shells are a big parish around the Wexford town area and then Gory, I mean, there's been a revolution in Harping up in Gory over the last couple of years, spearheaded by a, a, a lot of people, you know, and uh, it's, it's great to see it really and, and great to see a town team against a country team in a, in a, in a county final. that will be, you know, it brings all the hallmarks. It's just, as I said, I keep going back to this pity we haven't got maybe 10,000 people in to watch it as well, but that's, that's nobody's fault, you know, but it, it is, despite that, it's really a game to look forward to. Who are you picking, Gary? Oh, I've, I've, I've actually been trying to decide again. I, I, I'm, I'm torn between them again, but look, I'll go with the Gory District faithful and a massive performance from Jack Cullen and Conor Mack on the way, and I go with Gory. Last week, we all, three of us, we all went for Glen Barntown, so at least... <laughs> Somebody will get it right this week. Well, well, Ben, <laughs> Ben, would you do me one favor? Would you never do that again? <laughs> because uh, I know, and I have to say that at the end of the day too, and I'd be close to involved with Lynn here, not obviously not on the backroom team, but you know they're making great strides, and and uh, you know what? I remember Larry O'Gorman saying years ago: sometimes when you're trying to get over that hill, it's very, very difficult. It's like trying to break a, a big rock. But eventually the rock will break, and the rock will break for Glen Barrington as well, and the rock will break for Ferns as well, you know. And, and uh, it's not none of them are doing anything wrong, and, and you know it's uh, it's just been a good champion. And I will say that I think the standard of preparation 
fitness levels, hurling levels, everything. It's, it's all going very, very well for, for Wexford hurling at the moment. And I just urge everyone, if you're beaten in a county semi-final, it's not the, the worst thing in the world. It's great progress. If you're, say, take Ratnur, who were in a very tough group, beaten by two points, and then I think beaten by three, you know, they're not too far off either. Like, so, you know, that they're, that sometimes you think, if you, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing, I think, how our, how our look at a game after a game can differ if we win by a point or if we lose by a point. Just because you yeah. lose by a point doesn't mean that you're after doing everything wrong. And we just keep, the lads that didn't get there this year, let's keep going because it will happen. It will happen. And even you look at the raps there as well, we're in the group with Gory and Shells. Ah. Beaten by a last minute penalty against Gory. And I think Shells beat them by four or five points, but still there's not much in that either. I think ah. you pointed out in country, Tom, actually, that uh, the line ball where... Gory ended up getting the penalty off. Should have, should have gone the other way. For me, anyway, it should have went the other way. And yet, you know what I mean? The one thing I hope that everyone understands as well, uh, Ben, that, you know, when you're doing a bit of commentary and whatever, you just call it as you see it. And there, the amount of times that I would say call something on commentary or Billy Bourne would call something uh, or Liam Spratt and there'd be even more amount of times that he called something. And then when you look back on it, you see that you were actually wrong. So then you can't really say, you know, because we're, we're all, I look at something and I say, oh, that should have went that way. And then I'm looking at a screen, particularly if you're in Crow Park, you're looking at the screen to see if you're right or wrong. But then I can go back and say, well, actually, I was wrong on that, you know, but the referee doesn't have that second look really, you know, and that's why it's not an easy job. We do need to give them as, as much help as we can, you know. And I think for their sakes as well, you do need, um, you do need a bit of help for them and, and maybe just tighten up on, on hand passing rules, things like that. But the referees that night, Ben, oh my God, if there was ever heartbreak for a club. I mean, they did everything but win the game that night. Kevin Foley gave an exhibition, Ricky Fox, there was some outstanding performances and uh, you'd feel sorry for them. So how far less, like the reps were beaten by Gory by a last minute goal. So how far away are the reps? They're not that far off either without Liam Ryan that night. So what I'm saying is that there's a lot of teams have been very, very unlucky and you're just waiting for that bounce. It, it, a, a bit like Lynn, for that bounce to go the other side of the upright rather than the inside of the upright the last day and, uh, you know, hope it goes your way and sometimes it doesn't. While you're trying to get there, it seems to go against you a little bit more often than normal. Thanks very much for joining us again, Tom. Not at all, Ben. Thanks a million, Tom. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it as he has to return his rocking chair to Ikea as apparently it cannot be assembled. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new podcast. In the meantime, if everyone could like, share, retweet, subscribe to the podcast, that'd be great. Thanks for listening. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us.